Alright, so welcome back finally, <laughs> after a year to the Hoop in the Hawn podcast. I would like to I would like to say that it wasn't entirely my fault, but it basically was entirely my fault. Um, with finals coming up towards the end of the, the, the semester last season, and we never really got back to it, so I apologize for that, and I'm glad to have you back. Oh, good to be back one year later. <laughs> after three episodes. To the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three or a year to the day. That's that's awesome. So, um, first off, like like last season, I'm just gonna congratulate the Denver Nuggets because they did achieve the hardest goal in professional basketball. Um, and then, as we'll be getting into international basketball play with the FIBA tournament to start this off. Is it the hardest goal? Is it not? Are you gonna do the, the Noah Lyles thing with me? No, I'm just saying, like you know, I mean, I don't know. FIBA World Cup seems like a hard goal now, doesn't it? Well. If you, well, first, if you, if you just want to jump into it, we can just jump into no, it. No, but I'm just saying, like, you're calling the NBA championship the hardest goal, is it? I, I think in my very unprofessional opinion, I guess the Olympics should probably be harder, but I, don't, I just think the, the rate of competition in the NBA is so much higher. Okay. But that, I mean, it, we we can get into Noel Lyle's comments and the, you know, World champion versus not world champion. You and me have talked about that off the pod pretty extensively. Right, right. Um, how do you feel about that, by the way? I guess that'll be a good segue into the FIBA stuff. I feel about what? The idea that NBA champions call themselves world champions. Because not all of them do that, actually. The Lakers do it. The Denver Nuggets did it. But, like, Golden State doesn't do it. I don't think Boston does it. Like, only certain teams do that. I think that the National Football League champion can call themselves world champions. Probably the only one. I don't think that anybody that wins Stanley Cup can call themselves world champions. I don't think that anybody that wins a baseball World Series can call themselves world champions. And I certainly don't think the NBA Association Championship can call themselves world champions. Okay, so we do we disagree on that a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I, I really didn't want to give Noah Lyles any, any airtime on this. this. This frustrates me. Um, but I, I think that in a league where well over almost a third of your players are international players, and it is by and large the most talented professional league in the world, I and the best and most talented players are almost all American, I, I think you can call yourself world champions in that. But I also don't think it matters. Like I just think that until there's a league that rivals the NBA, the NBA champions get to call themselves whatever they want. Yeah, I, I would disagree with that. I think the by and large the most talented professional sports league in the country is the nfl i'm just talking purely league. basketball okay so all right well i mean so what league are you going to say is more talented than the nba because the there national, isn't one no the national football league are you saying oh, i'm saying basketball? just basketball yeah. well no i don't think that there's a league that's more talented than, than the nba but i think that of all the sports i think that worldwide and this is worldwide there's more talent in basketball than any other professional sports league, what we consider as professional in this country. We leave out soccer in this country, of course. But I don't think you can say that worldwide, you know, the NHL would be second, but that's largely, you know, countries with a lot of cold weather, Canada, Russia, you know, those types of countries. There's a lot of talent in the NHL. There's a lot of talent worldwide as well. But, no, the NBA is worldwide probably the most talented sport in, 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 if you if you took look all across all countries, they have the most talent of any sport other than soccer. So yeah, I would disagree with that. Yeah, I mean just track and field. 
Like that, you can't tell me the track and field does not have more talent. Uh, well, I mean, now you can argue that basketball has sports, more skill. So we're talking team sports. Track and field's sports. a team sport. No, you have, you have no, relays. No, no, oh, don't no, come on. No, that's not a team. It's not a team sport. You have people on the team. It's a relay. There's four people no, working together. No, but most of those are individual events. Shot put, you know, sprints. Those are all individual events. That track and field is not a team sport. It's just not. There are teams. But they compete individually in, by and large, most of the events. That's not a team sport. Okay, but then I would also then argue that if you're saying there's the most talent, I would just say that's the most talent that we have seen across basketball. Like, it's not like, you know, South Sudan is fielding a particularly lethal baseball team, but that's not for, that's just a, a lack of interest. It's kind of the same issue with soccer here. Like, we would have probably the most athletic soccer teams if we actually cared about soccer. Well, but. I mean, if you're going to pick out individual areas, I mean, I would say that Charlotte, North Carolina, does not have a very talented national basketball team. Well, so you're you not know, going to hear me refute that, right? Right. So, so you know, like, I mean, if you if you want to talk, if you want to really get into it, then tennis has probably the most international talent. If you're going to call that a team sport, they play doubles. Yeah, and I would, so, I would, I would agree with that. So, but that's not to me. That's not a team sport. Okay. Well, okay. Tennis, international tennis is not a team sport. Okay. Tennis in general is not a team sport. Track and field is not a team sport. Okay. But, I, th- I think we've gotten into the weeds on this one. All right. I would agree. <laughs> what, what I'm telling you is there's, you know, no, I don't think an NBA champion can call himself a world champion. All right. Because we, because let me ask you this. So, so, so could the Denver Nuggets as a team go out and beat you know, Germany? So, so actually, I've seen this come up a lot uh, all over kind of social media, and that was kind of their argument. You know, like Americans were like, if you put X team against any of these international teams, they're going to smoke them. So here's my question about that. Are we talking about the Denver Nuggets as presently constituted? Like, like so we're saying Jokic isn't playing for Serbia, Jamal's not playing yeah, for no, Canada. Yeah, no, the team that won the, the championship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They would kill Germany. They well, would destroy them. as an example, but could they win an international could could the Denver Nuggets have won the FIFA championship? Yes, they could have easily. Uh-huh. Yes, they easily, could've. easily. Uh, if for yeah. no other reason than they have the best basketball player in the world right now, or at least a top three. Yeah, but but that you know that that's this just this year. Like consistently, could the NBA championship champion win the FIFA Cup? I think consistently they would be pretty damn close. And so, if, if they're not winning it every year, they're going to be in the finals every year. So in order to call. They weren't in the finals this year. The Denver Nuggets? No, the USA team. Well, those none of those guys were right, champions. right, right, right. But I'm saying like I, I, that that's a big leap to say that the Denver Nuggets would or that the NBA champion would be in the championship every year. Well, okay, then let's go over the last ten and you tell me what team is not make is go not ahead. beating the internet. We have the Nuggets. I already think that they would beat them. Okay. Last year's Golden State, Lakers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so Golden Golden State, I'll give you go, Lakers. If you're going to tell that me the bubble 20- year, oh, I forgot about Giannis and, and the Bucks. The Bucks could not have beaten. The Bucks might not even. The Bucks would have smoked Germany. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm using Germany as an example, but the Bucks wouldn't have won the bronze. I disagree with that internationally. Uh, they were lucky to win, you know, a chip that. Well, we year, we but... we disagree on that too, okay. but but go ahead. Then you have the LeBron led Lakers, which were I'm going to remind you had five gentlemen sweeps or, or three gentlemen sweeps in a row. So, if you're going to tell me they couldn't win, I'm gonna we're gonna have to stop this thought you're, exercise. So you're now. saying that that Lakers team could have beaten every other international team that they faced? Are we talking about a FIBA competition where yeah. you pay, play like seven games? Yeah, yeah, they could do that. Okay, 
You you disagree? Uh, I, I I don't I don't know. That, I'm not going to say that I disagree. I'm just going to say that I don't think it would be as easy as you make it sound. That's what I'm going to say. Well, I think it, I think it would be much more contested. And I and I think if you went year by year, and the NBA champion had that in that next spring summer play in a FIFA style international tournament, the NBA championship would not consistently win the championship, the FIFA championship. That's what I would say. Yeah, I just I disagree with you. I think that the talent in a championship level team at the NBA is so high. That's what that's what makes a podcast beautiful. You're welcome to your own opinion. Yeah. And we'll never know. Well, that that actually do you remember last season when we did actually do that kind of like what what would you change to kind of spice up the NBA playoffs? Yeah. That would you kind of said something like that where you would like take a bunch of European teams and try. That was your suggestion for the mid-season tournament. So I, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. Never but, happened, but it would be cool. Yeah, a little callback, I guess. Um, but with that, I mean, I guess we can go into it. We so so you already mentioned that the U.S. kind of had an incredibly, I don't want to say disappointing because like, it was definitely fun to watch. But when you, when you're the United States, you expect to win gold medals, and they didn't even make bronze. Right. Um. So and 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 I've heard a lot a lot of different pundits and like, you know, the the Twitter experts in quotation marks like say why they they thought they would lose, and I think that there's kind of a number of different reasons. And I know you didn't watch a ton of FIBA, right? But briefly, who they played in their group stage, they had New Zealand, Greece without Giannis, and Jordan, and they smoked all of them. Okay. But they got off to slow starts for New Zealand and Greece. And then they played Montenegro, struggled, and then Lithuania, and lost. And then they played Italy and destroyed them, and then they lost to Germany, and then they lost to Canada. So. Anytime they played like a real actual international team, they got smoked. Montenegro? I mean, they had two NBA level players. I mean, they had two. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, they, they struggled against okay. that. So that's my point. Like, that's concerning that Montenegro yeah. was, was able. I mean, they. I watched that game, and they up, up until about 90 seconds to the end, it could have gone either way. Yeah, it shouldn't have gone either way. Yeah, it's exactly. Montenegro. Yeah. And, and so that kind of leads to the, the first big th- the issue that everyone talks about is that they, they had no size. I mean, their, their tallest player was Walker Kessler, but I think he had the second least minutes on the team. They basically just played Jaron Jackson and then Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Paolo Bancaro, which I don't love that those are the United States centers. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, well, that's, to, your, that's the question. You know, question is are they an international powerhouse or not even powerhouse? Are they dominant internationally? The and the answer is no. It's well, been no for a long time. Well, I think the the answer is only no be, in in FIBA because let's fa- like face it, the United States doesn't really care about the FIBA World Cup. Sure, we the players or the fans like you. I would submit to you that if you told even if if you surveyed a hundred or like a thousand NBA fans, probably sixty percent of them would say I don't know or I don't care. Well, way more than that. Yeah, ninety percent. Yeah, so so we just don't care. We we put a lot more stock into the Olympics. Right. So you're not going to get like our best players: LeBron James, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, uh, Drew Holiday. I don't know why I put him up in that category, uh, but like Ke- Kevin Durant, like those those are the guys that go to the Olympics. Uh, and and we're getting politely a B team this year. Like okay. we've got a rookie, a bu- two rookies, a bunch of guys who played or like on their second or third season in the league. Y- y- they they had no real centers. You're not going to get the best of the best. Yeah, but would you not argue that the 
level. I mean, if, if your point is that you know the NBA has all of the talent, then even their second tier talent should dominate FIFA. Yeah, and so, I, but so but that they lead, don't. well, they don't. But that leads me to then my my one of my biggest reasonings why this team is flawed, because it's more. I think this is more like an integral, like structural system within Team USA. Like I think this was a very poorly constructed roster. Yeah, and part of that is because we don't ask these guys for multi-year commitments. Like like most of those teams are playing for years at a time together. They they're much older, much more experienced. These guys are really young. They have much more chemistry together compared to the team USA because we throw them together for three weeks. But the biggest thing is that these guys want to be here. Most of the U.S. guys don't want to be there, and the talent is kind of just these like rookie level or like third, second year guys who are like you know. To hell with it, mine as well. It'll make me look good for my next contract extension. All right, but then, the, the, you know, but I, I would still submit then that if you're second, third tier guys, and again, it's 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 basketball. You know, it's not like an NFL offensive line that takes a year to gel. You should be able to play together pretty well, pretty quickly in, in a basketball game. I mean, it's one thing to go out and pick up five guys and you understand those five guys don't know each other, but these guys, you know, they all know each other. They come up through the same ranks. They all play against each other. They play with each other through all the, you know, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, like the club leagues or yeah. whatever. And so, yeah, so, so they should, they should be able to gel pretty quickly. And yet they couldn't even medal. Well, so then that, that brings me to the two, the two biggest reasons for me are the defense and the coaching. I, I think this was a horrible like we had I think the US had like three of the worst defensive games in the history of FIBA. Like not for the US, like period in the history of the sport. Which is embarrassing because we have Anthony Edwards, Mikhail Bridges, Tyrese Halliburton, JJJ, who's supposed to be defensive player of the year. You had Walker Kessler who almost made an all defensive team as a rookie. Like you have all these guys that could have been defensive monsters and they did nothing. Like they looked lost out there. Or maybe they're just not good enough. I think I, I don't think it's that. I mean, you're going to tell me Mikael Bridges isn't good at. Is, I, no, I, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not a great basketball player. I'm just saying that you know with that level of talent, he can, I don't think it was coaching and defense. I think they just got outplayed. I think I think defense is a huge part of it, and the the, the, the switching scheme does not operate well in the FIBA level, and they, they like the U.S. is not used to that, but they they need to be able to adapt. And then I I love Steve Kerr as a coach. But at some point, we need to talk about the fact that over his tenure as a coach for Golden State and internationally, he does not adjust at all. He like he doesn't do it in the regular season. He doesn't do it in the playoffs, and he didn't do it in FIBA. So, 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 so you don't like him as an international coach or a coach at all? I think his deficiencies as a coach are a little bit numbed and hidden in the NBA game. I think in the FIBA game, because of the, it's a much more half-court set, it's a lot less read-and-react, I think that his like his system is, is more easily exposed. Oh, I, I think he could figure that out. I think he just doesn't. Uh, again, I th- oh, I shouldn't say he doesn't. I think, I think that the talent internationally is better than you're giving them credit for. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that there's a possibility that I'm just kind of hoping that this is a a one-off but it clearly I, I i guess i can't say that because it's i mean we're u.s has won two of the last five we've had coach pop and then who, who, was, who was the guy who was a college guy right before him Chisesky. Chis- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so i mean i don't know i just i think we have to start they're sending their best guys we're sending our second or third tier guys 
you you would argue that the talent needs to be better, and I guess I can see that argument. We have a bunch of NBA starters, and they couldn't do it. No, I'm saying that the that you know that you can't you can't argue that you know if the NBA is supposedly better, then our second tier guys should be beating their top tier guys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I, I again I, I just think when you have a game where Mikhail Bridges. Or, and and Tyrese Halliburton are getting pick and roll switched, and you have Tyrese Halliburton, who is six five, banging down low with a dude who's seven two, in the Montenegro game. Like I just don't think that that's a recipe for winning. Like you just can't outscore those guys. Like, yeah, they, but you better figure that out. It's basketball. Like that's you know switching is one of the most fundamentals of the game since peach baskets went up back in 1932 and then again i would submit that that was like coach kerr came out and said like we are going to switch that was our mentality obviously it didn't work why did he not switch that up what else are you gonna do i don't know you got you set picks you gotta switch you don't have to switch you can fight through a screen mikhail bridges is great at that okay well that's that's much easier said than done fighting through picks is not easy i'm not saying it's easy i'm just saying maybe these i don't know maybe Maybe these guys aren't as talented as you think they are. I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm just saying that the rest of the world is has caught up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I'm, I still think the gap is, is pretty significant, but I, I, I won't deny that they've, they've caught up. All right. But I don't know. I just think that overall there's probably a number of reasons why this team did not medal. And I don't think any fixing any one of them is is going to be enough for for four years from now, but I don't know if I'm ready to acquiesce that the United States is not still a basketball powerhouse. I I don't think anybody would argue that the United States is not a basketball power. Nobody said nobody's saying they're not a powerhouse. My point is that they are not five, eight, seven tiers above the rest of the world. Which is where they're used to being. Right. That's all I'm saying. They're a lot close. The rest of the world is a lot closer to the NBA than 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 I think most Americans would, would think or say. And yeah, that's why they didn't medal. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'll 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 get on board with that. What else you got? All right. So, kind of in line with that, Shea Gilgis Alexander had an absolutely elite. FIBA World Cup, and he had an absolutely elite season last year. He was like fifth in MVP voting. I think his points per game jumped up five. He was like the only guy to put up like 35 and five, two steals and a block, or a block, a steal and a half and a block, since like MJ did it in 87. He had a ridiculous season, and he's, he's had a ridiculous 2022, 2023. And I love Shea. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's like the only guy right now that I can think of that plays in that weird, like, herky jerky, like, mid-range floater like he, he's so interesting to watch and so um i heard on another podcast a guy was kind of asking like do you think that's real and the other guy was like look at what he did in fiba like he's gonna have another great season and so that kind of made me think what like what other players are there that kind of had a weird breakout season that might have been a lightning in the bottle situation um so i've got a couple here i asked you to think of one it's okay if you did not do that but i want to start Thanks. with <laughs> Well, I just want to give you an out after you just roasted me on the talent pool for the United States. Um, but I want to start with Shea since that's the easiest point. Though I think that that's kind of the easiest discussion we can have. I mean, do you think that's a one-off, or do you think he's going to come back just as good or better? Uh, I think I think he's a, a nice player. Yeah, 
I think I think he'll continue to. I don't. I don't. He's not going to. Um, you know. He did from the previous year to this year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's a nice player. Can he carry a team? I don't think so. Not yet. Anyway. I don't know. We'll. See. I, I. I think Oklahoma is going to make the playoffs this year, but. I, I think he's ready for that. He, well, you know, the thing is, as I understand it, he's in line to get Supermax. So yes. So that's gonna. So he'll. You know, he's gonna be motivated, and I'm sure he'll play well. But I actually do think he'll be better if for no other reason than he has Chet coming back, and he'll have a second year Jalen Williams, and so like that to me allows him to kind of take a load off on defense and just focus offensively, and he's still so good on defense. I mean, he's not like an all defensive player, but he's clearly like not a revolving door. Is is Chet gonna play a game in the NBA? Well, we'll see. Yeah, because what's he weigh? Eighty seven pounds. <laughs> you might be overselling him there a little so, bit. So I don't know, man. Like, well, if we're gonna if we're gonna say that, that we get, I mean, Wemby's the same body type. If anything, Wemby weighs less. Oh, I think Wemby's a different animal than than Chet. But but yeah, no, I th- I think he's having a contract. It'll be a contract year, you know, Supermax year. I think he's gonna have a great year, but. But can he carry a team? Well, that's not what we're doing here. We, okay. We we can debate on the merits of whether he can he can carry a team. I think he can, but I do think that he is. I would argue that he's not a point guard. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, like yeah. he he he's a very good passer at the shooting guard or like the combo guard position, but I don't think he's a point guard. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we agreed for once. That's pretty rare. It happens. Yeah. All right. So Markinen, Lowry Markinen, I really really like watching him play too. Um, that was the one I think last year that kind of shocked me the most. He now th- part of this is due to, uh, like like the explosion of scoring in the NBA. But he had like Dirk's MVP numbers last year, right. which is pretty crazy. Right. Um, but do you think that that is something that is going to continue, or is that regression, or do you think he's going to continue to ascend? Uh, I th- I think he'll have another really good year, but but again, you know, he, I mean, he's plays on not a very good team and he stands <laughs> out you know so that you know if, if, if you put him on say golden state he's probably a backup yeah yeah exactly so i mean i don't know i, I yeah i think you'll have i think you'll have another good year he's a nice player but he plays you know he, he's <laughs> you know i think he's better just because of the situation you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, he, but I don't. He can't carry a team. Oh no, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to carry a team. And I, I, th- th- this hurts me to say, but I think he's going to get worse. I think that efficiency that he had last season was a little bit of a misnomer. I think that was 30 games of teams not really expecting him to do all that, and then giving him confidence. I think you're right that he's going to get targeted, being the only guy that's putting up those numbers. So I think that the the three point seems anomalous to me, given that he shot like even slightly above average like once or else in his career and then it is the first time he shot above 40 percent right i think that drops pretty precipitously and i i think him go, getting almost 50 percent at the rim i think that's going to go down or 50 percent from two like I, I i just think that that i think the defense will probably stay but the scoring i think the scoring is actually going to drop tough to be a great player in the nba if you can't shoot yeah, I, I, he he's definitely an interesting player, but I mean, he he wasn't really that good on Finland this year for the FIBA Cup, which is last year during the Euro Cup Eurobasket when he played, he was like a monster, and so everybody was like, hey, maybe he'll be something. And then when he went to Utah, he was. But I don't know, he he didn't play that hard. 
He also had an entire offseason where he was in the Finnish military. That can't be easy to recover from. I just think, I agree with you that he can't carry a team, but I just, I think they'll be ready and then, I don't know. I don't think he's going to go back to like Cleveland or Chicago levels, but I don't think he's going to be a 25 yeah. points a game scorer. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, you want to throw your in now or do you want to keep going through mine? No, keep going. All right. Do you have one? Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one is actually kind of a spite. Like, I, 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 it's good that we don't have any followers at all this podcast yet because the, my take on this next player is going to get me in trouble with the, the great state of New York City. Um, uh, Jalen Brunson. I'm, I'm, I'm going to withhold what I would like to – I'll, I'll let you speak first on him. On Brunson? Yeah. Well, I think he's a great player. I th- yeah, he, I think he can carry a team. That's very interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. Do you think he's going to get better or stay the same, though, or go back? Jeez, uh, you made such a big leap. I, I think he's going to get better. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. I I actually, again, I I think he probably stays the same or gets worse. Um, Kind of this, like, if, if Nerf gun to my head, I'm saying he's going to stay the same, but I just think that Julius Randle seems to do this weird thing where every two seasons he changes his de- demeanor. And I think that this is gonna this next season is gonna be his turn to be you know I hate the city of New York and I want the ball in my hands at all the time like I just don't think he's gonna buy into the system quite as much as he did and I think that R.J. Barrett is gonna demand the ball more because he had a really really nice playoffs that's actually a player we should talk about because he that, that's my pick R.J. Barrett yeah all right so so we can skip Jalen Brunson then I I think he'll probably stay the same you say he'll jump but R.J. Barrett's much more interesting to me. Yeah, no, I think between the two of them, I think they're gonna they're gonna make a run in the playoffs, like a deep run. Yeah, New York Knicks. Yeah, yeah God I help think, that city. I think Brunson's amazing, and uh, I think he's gonna continue to get better. And uh, I think R.J. Barrett's gonna gonna start to figure out the NBA a little bit more. And if he if he stays healthy, I think between the two of them, they can carry a team. Sure. I, yeah, I mean they've got a really really good backup point guard though I'm, I'm interested to see how that contract situation works out because he he's asking for a lot of money which is you know a backup point guard he, he's asking for starting point guard money and he's yeah. he plays like 22 minutes a game so i'm kind of intrigued by that but i mean you've got if you've got quentin grimes as your two who's a really good three and d guy who clearly has more in the tank than just being a three and d guy and then you've got brunson and then R.J. Barrett, if he plays like how he did in the playoffs at, at the wing with Randall at the four, if they can get him to buy in and Mitchell Robinson, I, I, that's actually, I agree with you, is a very dangerous team. But it is precipitated again on Quentin Grimes needs to be, he, he needs to explode, and R.J. needs to play as that. Like, he needs to be able to handle the ball the way he did when he played in that Cleveland series. Because he, he was distributing, he was shooting the three well. Like, he looked really, really good. I think he'll end up being the best player in that draft. What draft is he? Eighteen? Yeah. No. Is it eighteen? I think he, no, no. He was nineteen, he wasn't he? Because he, he, yeah, 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 yeah. I that's a crazy sentence. But you, you've always been high. You, you said he was the best defensive player in the NBA last year. So. Yeah. And I love defense. Oh, that's true. In multiple ways. I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm kind of with you. We, we, we've disagreed with Zion in the past, but I think he's done now. Oh, I, I, I who was right? <laughs> Jeez. All right, and uh, for for the last player is uh, he he's kind of the only kind of older guy here, but Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I can't even believe he's on your list. Well, he's so my age. He, he should, he's going to retire. Is he even going to play another year? You think? 
Okay, he's like 32. He's, he's not 69. He's, he's he's 35. Is he really 35? Yes, he's 35. He's been playing a long time. Jeez, I actually did not. He know is that. going backwards. There's no way he'll have another year like he did. All the stars lined up for him last year. He's done. Be a bench role player. That's it. I think he's still a starter, but man, that I don't know. The shooting kind of extends his career a little bit, but I don't. I, I agree. I don't think he has quite as good of a defensive year, but the back issue, two was a season or two ago. That I think it was two seasons ago. That really concerns me, and I agree. Like I, I, I personally think he should have won defensive player last year, but I don't think he'll ever have that many blocks. In that At game. his age, you better be using a Walker or a Kane. Right, like thirty five is size. not ancient in the NBA. The NBA is old, man. Not anymore, man. And he's a big. That's with okay. a bad back. Okay, right. you got well the big. The problem with the big is always the feet. Like the, the back is. Yeah, well that's coming. Uh, bad he's, toes he's, and feet. He's pretty stubborn. He, he other than that back, he he doesn't really get hurt. No thanks. It is interesting because that does kind of take us. The decline of Brook Lopez does take us into the Giannis comments. Yeah. Um. So, just quick recap. He first went on. I think the first he went, he had like an interview with like New York Times or something, some magazine or newspaper, and he basically was like, "If I don't feel that everyone is committed to winning, then I'm gonna, you know, maybe I don't stay in Milwaukee," which is already kind of interesting in of itself. And then about a week later, he goes on a podcast and basically says the same thing. And I think the podcast is notable for two reasons. First, because he's doubling down and he's saying we need to get like this our house in order, if if you guys want to sign me to to a new contract. But also like that whole uh, podcast appearance, he he seems to be changing his demeanor very publicly. Because in the past, Giannis has been this like happy go lucky dad jokes goofy guy, and I think that who's, who doesn't want to win over at the Milwaukee right. Bucks, right? Like who is he? Is it Drew Holiday? Because I've seen like a lot of that dude's play and a lot of that dude is like interviews. Like he's a stand up guy. Like he's not slacking off on any place. And they spent some money last year for him. Yeah, Just they, for they, him. they got Chris Middleton. Yeah. They got Brooke. Um, I mean, it, it, so so I mean, what is he talking about after their championship year when they let some players go? Like who? I, I just uh, Mark Lazary leaving. Like I have no idea what he wants them to do. He's just whining. I don't think he is. I don't think that's Giannis. Like, I think he, he's expecting him to do something. It is now. Well, I, I don't know about all that. But I, I do think I, – I think this is one of two things. I think either, A, this is him publicly basically saying, I want you to trade someone on this team, whether that's Middleton, whether that's Lopez, whether that's Drew, a combination of Connaughton, whatever. Some Trade some people and get me another guy, which is already concerning to me. Or B, this is him soft launching, leaving Milwaukee because he doesn't think they can trade and get anybody worth it that will contend. Or C, he just knows he can't win again because he's not good enough, and he's trying to set everybody up for his failure. I I don't. Th- what you think he's some like evil mastermind that is like? Well, that, I mean, your first two points would make him some type of mastermind. I don't think the first two points would make him a mastermind. That's just like pretty basic I, NBA star player stuff. Yeah, he's starting to turn into a little bit of a diva, and he's getting frustrated because he didn't win. They spent money. I mean, what else does he want them to do? And so now he wants them to spend more money. He wants them to trade people. Like, he doesn't, you know, this is classic, like, diva behavior. He's not saying do this, do that. He's just saying, hey, we lost because you guys didn't do enough. 
So if you don't do more and we don't win, I'm going to leave. That's a diva. I, I think he's just going to – I think this is him soft launching it. We to, so, to go where? I don't know. What, well, if you want to get into that, we can. I mean, what, what destinations do you think he would well, send? Well, he would, he would you know, he'd start doing the Kevin Durant thing. He's just going to jump around and try to play with his buddies that he thinks he win a championship with. And it's not as easy as it looks. So, well, it is the hardest. You know, his whole, the whole, like you said earlier, his whole, the whole basis of him being in Milwaukee was, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to make my career here. And, you know, it's a small market and we're going to do great things here until it got tough. He did. I mean, well, okay. The idea that this is just now getting tough for him is a little bit laughable for me. I mean, he did, he, he, he didn't flame out in 2019, but he, he, he didn't beat a team he probably should have. Right. And then he did flame out in the 2020 playoffs. Yeah. Like, it was hard before that. I mean, this is a guy who when came... When did he win, though? He won 2021, right? Didn't yeah. He? Yeah, so... Against the freaking Brooklyn yeah, Supernets. When you're climbing the ladder, it's it's a lot easier to stay focused. And now he, he got to the top. Now he's got smacked in his face a little bit. And he's trying... Now he's just trying to find excuses on why that is. And the, the excuse is him. See, I, I just... I don't know what it is. I mean, Middleton didn't play. Like, I think that there's a lot of... I, I think he has a lot to do with it. Um, but, and I'm not going to say he's not acting like a diva because he did have the whole thing during the the end of season interviews after they lost against the heat where he was like, this isn't a failure. What what do you think constitutes failure? And then now he's saying last season was a failure. Like, I do think that there is something to be said that he's being a diva, but he's not good enough to carry a team to a championship. I mean, he already did once. So let's not go crazy with that. Very unique circumstances. It'll never happen again. He will never win another championship. He's not good enough. He's just not good enough. I think there's way, way too much evidence to the contrary. We'll find out. Just, just like we found out about uh, the guy that plays two games a year down in New Orleans. Okay, those are not the same players. I'm just saying like that seemed like a crazy statement to you a year ago, and now here we are, and I'm telling you, Giannis is not good enough to win a championship. I he just swear isn't. To God, if Zion comes back and averages like 32 this season and plays like 60 games. He could average I, 32 for a game and a half. I, I will never let you hear the end of okay. it. Okay. All right. I I think that's everything on Giannis. I mean, the only other thing I want to say is that whether he's a diva or not, I think that I just don't understand the utility of doing this publicly. Maybe I... I He's whining. You already own the team, basically. Like, yeah. they're going to do what you ask them to do. Exactly. He's just whining. That's all he's doing. All right. Because he lost. Now he's trying to pin the blame on some. What, what better way to do that than pin the blame on somebody else other than yourself? Do something. What do you want us to do? Well, I don't know. Something. That's all he's doing. It's not a, a totally unhuman interaction when you think about it. This is your fault. We didn't win. Well, what do you want us to do? Pay people? Yeah, well, we did that last year. Well, pay somebody else. Well, who? I don't know. <laughs> that's all he's doing. All right, well, that's that's all I got on Giannis. Um, you, we, we got a little bit of time. You want to talk about the WNBA? I know you don't watch the WNBA. Sure. Basically, Tell me about it. I'll give you an opinion that I that Just to, to spite I, me? I never watch, yeah. Um, so I think Brianna Stewart's going to win the MVP. Okay. Or maybe I, I I don't think they've released it yet because they do the same thing the NBA does where they like wait until the last possible second. When do their playoffs start? 
They're in them right now. It's the first round. Oh, okay. yeah. So I think so. The Las the, the Las Vegas Aces are like widely considered to be the team alongside the New York Liberty. They last night I think they smoked the Chicago Sky as the eighth seed and swept them. Uh, Aja Wilson, who is their power forward, put up thirty eight and sixteen with seven steals and blocks, which is just kind of absurd. Right. Um. But there, there's a pretty good chance that she won't win MVP, which is also kind of insane to me. And the uh, the reason, essentially, most people think that it's going to happen, we, again, we don't know, but, like, if it it might go to Brianna Stewart, who's on the Liberty, because she had, like, I think almost the highest scoring season in WNBA history, also very, very good defensively. And Vegas Aces are, like, a super team. Like, they have, like, four All-Stars. I think their entire starting five was an All-Star. So I, I just... That's kind of something I always wondered. Like, the MVP is, you know, what is value? We kind of got into this this past season with Jokic versus Embiid. Like, do you value a team being ranked higher? Like, do you value a player that's on a better team more or less because they're on that team? I think it, the MVP has always come down to this to me. If you remove that player from the team, what what is that team without them? So you're doing it the most base examination of, like, yeah, value yeah, for value. Yeah, like, that's what the most valuable player is. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, for instance, when you know, when LeBron left the Cavs the first time, <laughs> they went from, you know, the NBA Finals to last place very quickly. And then he came back, and they went from last place to first place. And so that is the most valuable player. Steve Carlton one year pitch for the Philadelphia Phillies and I think he won like 23 games in the year and they won like 42 games Jeez. the whole year I can't remember the numbers but it was something crazy like that yeah that's the most valuable player that's the only way to describe it I don't care if you're on a good team or a bad team if the bad team you know wins you know goes 20 and 46 or whatever and you take that player off and they don't win a game that's the most valuable player you got a very wide net for that category. I and I agree with that. I like yeah. I, I I agree with that premise. Yeah, it's not a wide net at all. It's like how valuable is that player to the team? That's it. All right, simple. So then, are you going to value the player that is the best player on the best team on the Aces, or are you going to value the player that's the best player on the second best team? Well, it depends on their impact. If if that best player on that best team leaves and that best team now is a bad team, then that's a very valuable asset. If the best player on the worst team leaves and that team is still about the same or even just a little bit worse, that's not a super valuable asset. So it's just their impact on their team. That's the most valuable player. How much value do they have to that team? I think 38 and 16 is still crazy, though. Don't disagree with that. How many games they played in the WNBA? Regular season? Yeah. I think it's 25. or not. Tw- I'm sorry, not 45 or 50, something like that. All right. Yeah, I just started really watching like a season or two ago. I know the first round is is it's th- it's best of three, then it's best of five, then it's best of seven. Okay. Which I think is a little bit intriguing, but there is actually a lot of controversy. I'd like to get your opinion on this too, and then we can we can end after that. The only other things I wanted to talk about was the the Liberty looked really good in their first round, but they have to do better on perimeter offense or perimeter defense. And then the the Connecticut Sun have a really interesting trapping defense going on, where basically the the minute you cross half court, you they trap hedge and then run back and it's like exhausting but that has to be exhausting for them too so i wonder how deep it can take them into the playoffs right um those are my only points but um 
so basically the format for the first round of the WNBA now is one one it's it's two one. So the 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 better ranked team gets two home games, and then if they lose, then the final home game is in the lower seeded team arenas, okay. teams arena. And so a lot of people are very very intri- like so Minnesota was really pissed off for they had to force a game three. So there was a chance that the fans were not even going to get to see a playoff game in their home court. So they were all excited. And there also was the point that, like, why do we even have seating then for the first round if they're, they're they, like, the fi- the elimination game, the lower seed automatically has an advantage. So I don't know. I, I, I My first instinct is to kind of go, like, if you're really that good of a seed, then just beat them if you're right. the better team. But I also kind of see the argument that I'm more open to the argument that, like, the lower-ranked team should just – be the middle one just for the fact that their fans deserve a guaranteed game even if they get swept i I don't know i I think i think if you play great regular season you earn the right to have home home court advantage no but what i'm saying is if they did the you know higher seed lower seed higher seed thing that solves both problems you get the home court in the third one if you lose in the second game I, i i i this is so confusing i can't even believe that they do it like this why would they do that well i i think the charter flight was the reason the higher, higher seeded team should have home court advantage. That's pretty simple. Just leave yeah. it be. It's that, but that, that they would have to change that then. Because the current the current thing is that the third game is in the lower seeded arena. All right. Out of what best of three? Yeah. So like, if it's a if a one seed and an eight seed, the first two games are played at the one seeds arena, and then if they lose this, yeah, they got to do one one and one. That's yeah, yeah, that, yeah, or or do a five game series. I'm more open to that. But. Yeah, that's what they need to do. The three game series is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but they're they're all frustrated that, and rightfully so. I'm going to add that the the WNBA guaranteed charter flights and then backed it off, or I, I would do all three games at the higher seeded teams arena. I would no, do that I like, I like I one 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 better. Yeah, but you're saying they won't pay for the flight. I'm yeah. I mean, I, regardless of that, I just think that the one 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 system is better. It's it's less confusing, and then yeah, it gives if both. Yeah, if both they have the money to do that, sure. But if not, if you're if you, if you if you can't fly teams all to all three games, then then the home the higher seeded teams should have all three home games, and then the team that has to play three away games should just play better. Well, as we've talked about about six hundred times on this podcast, it's a little bit easier said than done. It is. Yeah. All right, well, we covered a lot today, so it's a good first episode of Season 2. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have more than five. Did we do five last year? I don't think we did five. I think we did, I think we did one or two that didn't get like fully recorded, so yeah. we'll call it four. All right. Yeah, but hopefully this will be a resurgence. You got any parting thoughts? I'll be here in a year, hopefully. I, I think there's goods out of that. Will you be here next week, though? Probably. Okay. Yeah, God willing, the creek don't rise. All right, I think, yeah, so I think we covered a lot. All right. Well, see you next week.